Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio from the paranormal to the unexplained it all happens here it all happens here looking to enhance your radio experience participate in our live video chat 24 7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people live paranormal.com the only interactive social chat room supported by full interaction media stop by now and join the fun stop by now and join the fun On the Live Paranormal Radio Network. Please visit us at LiveParanormal.com, iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Player FM, Blog Talk Radio. The list goes on and on. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a performing artist. I'm a 28-year talk radio host here in Los Angeles. And this is Haunted Playground, where every week, I got the folks I believe to be the brightest and most beautiful and loveliest minds in both the spiritual and paranormal communities. And we talk about everything from is there life after death, is clairvoyance real, or is there a Loch Ness Monster in my above-ground swimming pool. Uh, This week, my guest is a wonderfully talented psychic medium who I've known for a long time. This is her first time here on my show at this new place at Live Paranormal but she's been a guest on my radio shows many times before. Please welcome to the show the wonderful Barbara Mackey is here. How are you, my friend? It's so wonderful to have you here and so great to hear your voice. Hi, Sheena. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Oh, good. You're a little faint to me, but um, maybe, I don't know, uh, a little louder. You're sort of at a distance, but uh, you can hear me. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, better, better. Yeah. Good. So, um, so how are yeah, you? long time. Good yeah, long time no talk. Um, I'm great. You know, I've been working at this for like 45 years. And um, it's been, you know, quite a ride. And I never thought I'd be doing this. I thought I was going to be a movie star. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me both did. Me too. Surprise, right? Well, but that's an important lesson that I teach my clients all the time, that we we are ultimately at the mercy of spirit, right? Ultimately, our path is shown to us. And it's like the Rolling Stones song, you don't always get what you want, but you always get what you need. And ultimately, it's the right path. It takes us a while to figure that out. Yeah, I mean, really, it was it was a surprise to me. Never in a million years did I think I'd be doing this work, and and then I found out after I started doing it that it was on both sides of the family. My grandmother from uh, Hungary, Lydia, who I used to spend my summers with, did dream interpretations, and she'd have people at her house all hours, and I just thought, you know, she's very popular, and then I was told later in life that. Uh, she did dream interpretations, and then on my mother's side, 
the Kennedys from Basking Ridge, New Jersey, who were very famous during the Revolutionary War, um, they were psychic. And uh, so it runs in the family. And my sons, I have three sons, didn't even skip a generation. They're all psychic. Yeah, my mother did the work as well. But I never thought I would do it. I always thought it was her thing. And I was going to change the world through art. But then, and I did for years and through media for for decades. And then one right. day Spirit said, okay, and now you do that. And I very much believe in staying present and doing whatever it is Spirit tells me is my next thing. So when they said, all right, you're opening the spiritual practice, I said, well, okay. I just keep saying yes now. I don't argue anymore. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, you know, I – I was kind of like, um, I had these two mentors, the Reverend Helen Williams, she was from Trenton, and Edith Cantor from Neptune, and they were my two mentors. And um, once a week I would drive to Trenton with Edith, and we'd sit around a big table, and they would test me on different skills. And I would say, no, I'm not going to do this. I refuse to do it. they go, no, you're going to do it. And you're going to carry on our work. I said, no, but I'm in sales. You don't understand. I'm in sales. Right. <laughs> and uh, so when they both passed, um, I started doing the I sold everything. I sold my paintings, my valuable paintings, my jewelry. And I, you know, I said, God, what do you want me to do? And I heard this little voice say, do what you do best. And I never looked back. I, I never went back into the real world. Good for you. Yeah, I kind of got outed by friends on the show that were mediums and psychics. I would have them on to interview them, and I would never talk about my gifts. And then they would start to say, so, when are you going to talk about your own gifts? And I'd say, no, 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 I'm just I'm just so sensitive. And they're like, come on. I kind of got um, pulled out of the closet by, by other psychics, and uh, I'm so glad I did. I, I wouldn't change half of my life for anything, and I know you wouldn't either. Well, I'll tell you, there's been many times that um, I wanted to run away screaming because it was very debilitating because I did a lot of channeling and I became very sick. Um, I I had no energy. I used to have to run and hide, you know, from people because the phone would just stop. It wouldn't stop ringing and my energy was being taken right out of my body. But I had to learn how to, um, if I was going to have longevity, I had to uh, learn how to conduct myself in a different way and not overburden my my sensitive system and learn how to do it correctly. Uh, but, you know, I there was times when I was very depressed. I felt like I didn't fit into society, that I was by myself out there, and I was always in a relationship with men that really didn't believe in it. Uh, they were like, oh, sure, okay, you know, and um, it was hard. Uh, many levels it was hard, and my own family turned their back on me. They were like, no, we don't believe in that stuff. So the world embraced me, but my family deserted me. But, you know, I'm not crying about it. It's just the way it was supposed to be. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think we always have trials with it, and, what was your secret, though, Barbara, because it's a very interesting thing you bring up, what was your secret in learning to be able to do the amount of work that you do 
and not overtax your system because people that aren't don't do this work maybe don't know that we can be as strong as we want to be spiritually but our physical bodies still have to take all of this input that's coming in and not just our own stuff but everybody else's stuff our clients stuff their dead relatives stuff i mean everything so we all need to kind Mm -hmm. of have to find a way to protect ourselves from that right so for you where does that protection come from well, I remember I was with this um, one of my boyfriends, and he was from Iran, the Middle East. He was very intelligent. He was a, a, a scientist. And um, he said, you know, you have to charge people for readings. And I said, okay. He said, because they're taking your energy. Because, of course, he believed in energy fields. And I was so dopey. I was like, energy? What's that? <laughs> So he said, well, we all have an energy field around us. And um, I learned by being very sick, going to bed for days, having headaches, feeling like my heart was going to stop. I was just overworking. I thought I was like superwoman. And it, it caught up with me. And I had to learn lessons the hard way. Um, and I, I really what I did was I tried to balance my life and I would say no more than I said yes. And if you really wanted a reading by me, you're just going to have to wait because I'm not going to kill myself in the process because you actually feel at times that your body is going to stop, that your heart's going to stop, and you can't breathe. And this is when you overdo because you're taking on um, – I used to do a lot of channeling, and I don't do channeling as much as I used to. Uh, because, as I said, I've been doing this for 45 years. In the beginning, I did a lot of channeling. But um, I started out doing psychometry. My mentors said, you know, read this piece of jewelry, read this watch, read this ring. Now, have you done psychometry? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, sure. It's one of the oldest forms of divination. And we hold a lot of... Uh, energy in our jewelry, whatever we wear, our keys, anything that we hold. And I did a lot of police work that way, that you would take someone's piece of clothing and you could read, you know. And I was really, I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I don't even believe half the things I say that come out of my mouth because when you're in an altered state, you don't really remember anything. I don't, you know. and. Um, you know, I just learned to protect myself. I said, you know, I'm not going to die in the process because you can really shorten your lifespan by doing too much of this work. People don't realize it. Oh, absolutely you can. I mean, you can toxify yourself with energy, especially if you're dealing with not just negative uh, disembodied spirits, Barbara, but negative human beings, like negative people, uh, drain you. That's why people that have professions where they have to deal with a lot of people all the time often have a lot of troubles, right? Psychologists, nurses, teachers, um, people who work in, in mental hospitals. I mean, it's, it's draining every day. And in a lot of ways, that's what our practice is, too. I had a client say to me once, do you ever notice I never call you when I'm in a good mood? And I think, uh, yeah, I absolutely notice you and everybody else. So we have Mm -hmm. people at their unhappiest and at their worst. Absolutely. 
And I could feel the waves of energy come across the table. If I'm reading someone, I feel like um, I'm going to fall over. Uh, the wave comes across and I feel dizzy and I feel like I'm going to fall backwards. And um, that's when I know that it's really bad energy. Um, so I try to, since the um, COVID, I've been doing more telephone readings, strictly telephone readings, because the in-person readings, you know, I cut out a lot of that. And it's just as accurate on the phone. It's unbelievable. I, I don't know how it's, it's electricity, but it's just as accurate. And people are like, well, I don't know if I want to do a phone reading. No, no, no. It's just as accurate, which is unbelievable to some people, you know? I think it's better because there are less distractions. When you're looking at somebody, you're getting distracted by everything visually around you, the person, the surroundings. Um, I find even with radio, uh, I prefer to do phone than to do in person because it's just it's just more of a, a clear spiritual connection, you know. Yeah, and you get less of that negative energy too. You don't feel that uh-huh. negative energy. So it, it, for me, it's great, you know. Um, and I even do channeling on on the phone um, because sure. in person reading sometimes you can really knock you for a loop. I don't know if you've ever been in such bad shape. I felt like my spirit was coming right out of my body a couple of times. I had to go to bed and I just felt like I literally was dying and I must have picked up some really bad stuff that I wasn't aware of, you know? Sometimes I, since my mom died, occasionally I deal with from what they call intermittent atrial fibrillation. It used to be I went to AFib six or eight times a year. Thankfully, in the last three years, not at all. And I think it's partially lifestyle changes I've made. They found the right dose of the medication, and I'm very careful about what I do as far as sleeping and temperature, subject to temperature, hot and cold. And uh, I won't go in a freezing pool. I won't sit out in the boiling sun. So I've managed to be out of AFib for three years. So I had a client that was so toxic that one time I literally had to take an extra dose of my heart rate medication in the middle of the session because I thought I was going to um, flip into an irregular heart rhythm because of the uh, level of time. And yeah, because I'm a minister, yeah. I feel like I need to take the difficult ones as well as the easy ones. A lot of my friends that are psychics and therapists, if anybody just, they just won't see them. But I feel like it's my responsibility to continue to see them. But there are a handful of them that I've had to definitely set boundaries with because I think they think that, first of all, they think you're their therapist, which we're really not. Right. They think that right. you're their a genius that knows everything and can make everything happen, which is not our job. And then they get very, very angry when we can't make happen in their lives the things they want but don't want to individually participate in their own lives. They just want us to do it, you know. Make me a million dollars. Bring this guy back. And they don't understand that it it doesn't work like that. You have to participate in your own healing. It's like that old expression, God helps those who help themselves, right? You have Mm -hmm. to participate Mm -hmm. in your own healing. You can go to as many psychics as you want, but if you're not doing any of the work yourself, it's not happening. Right. Right, right. Well, I always tell those particular clients, when you get tired 
banging your head into the wall, you'll stop. So, you know, keep banging your head into the wall. I keep telling you, you know, this, I'm giving you different um, scenarios that you can work on. You can do this, you can do this, you can do this. It's your choice, you know. What do you want to do? But there are cases, a lot of cases over the years, people have told me, I've been to a shrink for so many years and I never got the value of it. I had a couple of, you know, sessions with you and I had such clarity tremendously. So I think that the work that we do can be faster. We get to the core of the matter. This is what, what I see while you're suffering and this is how you can work on it. You can take it or leave it. I, I'm like the Judge Judy of psychics. You know, my kids call me the Judge Judy. They're like, Mom, you're so, like, you know, right out there. You know, you just tell people. I say, I don't beat around the bush, you know, and I don't use all this lingo that's sort of, like, out there. I just tell them like it is. This is how I feel. If you don't like what I'm saying to you, I would suggest you go to another psychic. Here, I'll give you a name. Go to this one, you know. Um, I don't have time to fool around. You know, I tell them, either you're in it and you're going to, you know, hear what I have to say or you're out. And there's been a couple of times when I've told people lose my number because I remember telling this woman, I get a little boy. Are you sure you never had a little boy? No, I never did. Because they they test the psychic sometimes, you know. And then finally after the reading, she said, she said, I had a little boy, but I gave him away at birth. Well, and I was like, I raped. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to smack her. I said, you know what? Just pay me and get out. And don't ever call me again. Because I'm, I don't tolerate that, that stuff, you know. I mean, you, you work the hardest you can for them. You, you really put it all in. You know, some, some people just, you know, glide through the readings. They sort of like... Um, I think it's the newer generation. This is what I believe. I did this work when there was no cell phones, there was no computers, and it was word of mouth. Now, everyone is a psychic, and I, I smile to myself, and I think you have not even paid your dues. I worked for like 10 years constantly, like for tips, you know, we weren't getting paid, you know, like they are today. Sure. They're advertising. I, there was no advertising. And um, everybody's a psychic today. And I'm like, oh, isn't that amazing, you know? So uh, it's a different time, believe me. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and, but I think that, like, a lot of my um, – I have a lot of young, very young clients. And I think they grew up with psychics being okay, so they come really to look for you to help and do the work. I think sometimes the older folks, um, my age and older, I'm in my mid-50s, that, that grew up with the idea that you, you know, went to the tent and the psychic pulled out the crystal ball and told you your future, they more want that sort of dog and pony show where they'll say, so what can you tell me about what happened to me two weeks ago? And I always say to them, look, if you want to pay me to fish around and tell you things about your life, even though you've been coming to see me for years and you should know by now that I know what I'm doing, I'll do it. But honestly, it's a better use of your money 
to put it towards asking questions that are going to be a good use of your time rather than asking me to go back and tell you about something that, honestly, you already know about because you were there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it, it, it can be very in but it can be invaluable. Uh, I'm a medical intuitive, and I read people's bodies, and I would say half of my readings are medical intuitive, and they say, you know, you warned me. You told me to go to a specialist for my breast. You told me to go to the specialist for my throat. Uh, There was um, a man that I said I felt that he had a tumor in his brain, and he did. So, you know, when I see a lot of these people online, like there is a tuber, uh, Dr. I think his name is Matt Grande. Do you ever watch him? No, I have not watched him, no. He's a psychologist, and he puts down this kind of work all the time. They don't get it, you know. Um, It is very invaluable if you get the right person to help you. And... Um, I, I smile when I when I watch him, and I'm like, you know, you don't even know what you're talking about. Um, I know it seems impossible to believe that certain people can do this kind of work, and I was, you know, in the beginning, I was like, I didn't know what I was doing. It just it grew and it grew and it grew, and I just went with the flow, you know. Oh, you want me to, you know, read your body? Okay, let, let me read your body. It just comes, you know. I accept it. Um, but I did feel like a freak in the beginning. I felt like I didn't belong, and I felt um, like my life. How did it take this turn? I, I, I felt like I, I wanted to separate from the people that I knew because I felt I had nothing in common with them anymore. It was a struggle in the beginning. It really was a struggle. And when I would, you know, predict certain things and someone would pass, um, I really took it personally, and I, I said, I'm going to give this up because it was heartbreaking. But I just learned to grow with it. And uh, it wasn't an easy life in the beginning. It's gotten easier. It, it's gotten much easier because I've limited my, my clients. I don't do as much as I used to do, you know. But I, I used to go to clubs in the beginning, and I put a little note like, uh, tips are greatly appreciated. And I would bang out 50 readings in one night. I was killing myself. I didn't realize what I was doing until I got sick. And they weren't long readings. They were mini readings. But um, I no longer do that. And I, I no longer do parties. People want me to do parties. And they're crazy because you're picking up information from people that are downstairs and you're upstairs. And you think you're reading for the person upstairs, but you're reading for the person downstairs. It's it's nuts. And then I do um, on stage work, which is crazy too, because <clears throat> you're getting vibrations and all kinds of messages from people all over the studio, all over over the um, stage, and it, it's very hard work. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. And and there's times, as I said, I just wanted to quit and say, I quit. I'm done. But I didn't. I never went back into the real world. Thank God. <laughs> well, I think you're kind of not allowed to, right? Because this is your calling. 
and spirit says this is where you're supposed to be at. And you can go off your path and not be here, but inevitably you're going to get called right back here again because this is your path and this is where spirit wants you to be, right? Yeah, well, I was in theater when I was raising my children. I have three boys, and I wrote uh, screenplays, and I'm constantly writing, you know, for HBO, Showtime, for shows, because I had an artistic background. And um, I still, you know, am drawn to that world. But um, And I think it helped me, because I was on stage for many years, when I do my, my readings on a stage for, let's say, and it's crazy, like over 200 people, 300 people, that's insane. That's insane. You shouldn't even be doing that kind of work because all the people that are there expecting a message and not everyone's going to get the message. And um, I stopped doing those because I, I felt that it was really not on the up and up um, you're charging people, they're expecting something, and most of them are, are not going to get it. You know what I'm saying? I do. It's, it's too many people in too small a place. But I think people have to go to that knowing that not every single person is going to get picked, right? Just because you're there, you have to go to enjoy the show. You can't go to expect that you're going to get picked, right? Because obviously one medium can't read for 300 people. No, no. But the thing is, I I just feel it's not ethical in my mind. I, that's the way I think. That it's not ethical because you know that you can't possibly reach that many people. And people go there expecting to be picked. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'll stick with my one-on-one private readings, you know. Uh, that's the way I feel. I know a lot of psychics don't feel that way, but um, anyway, that's my thought on it. Yeah, I think one-on-ones are really like the, when you're doing the real work as a counselor, as a spiritual counselor, I think the one-on-ones, it's all about the one-on-ones. And for me, that's Mm -hmm. the most rewarding. But I say yes to everything because I figure somebody needs me for a party, that's where I'm supposed to be. If somebody needs me for a gallery, that's where I'm supposed to be. But most of my work is doing one-on-ones with folks, and that's what really makes me happy. But I know even when I do readings on Facebook or something, I do free lives on social media. There are people that get yeah. very angry when they don't get picked because everybody wants to be picked. And some people want to be picked every single week, no matter how many times you pick them. They keep wanting to get picked. It's just not enough, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, no, it's. I guess because I've been doing it for so long, I've become so discriminating. I'm like, but if someone calls me, and the best reading for me, um, many times are people that have lost their children, and they want me to do channeling for their kids. And my son died uh, in 2020. Timothy, he died of COVID, and then my grandson died five years before that. So I have, you know, um, this softness in my heart for people that have lost kids. So, of course, I will read for them anytime, you know. Yeah, sure, yeah. I'm so sorry you lost your son to COVID. That's very tragic. I'm so sorry. 
Yeah, my son Timothy, he was an angel. And um, my grandson Brian, too. So, but, you know, I I am having a granddaughter on the 29th of this month. And uh, I can't wait because I've had boys. And her name is going to be Marigold. <laughs> and um, I'm really excited about a granddaughter. I can't wait. And then I'm having a great-grandson, too, at the same time. So, you know, life goes on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Are you in contact with your – do you stay, do your loved ones that passed stay in contact with you? Uh, my Timmy that passed? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Um, mm-hmm. No, you know, I, I think I need a conduit. Um, I know when my, my boyfriend died in 1986. Uh, he died five days before Christmas, and I predicted it. I had a dream about it, and that's what started it all. Um he came to me several times, I would say five or six times. And we used to have um, music boxes that played different tunes, and they were in a glass mm. enclosure. And after he died, about a week after he died, I heard the music boxes playing at one time, all the different tunes. And I ran down the steps and I said, oh, Frank's home. You forget that they died, you know. And... Um, they were all playing at the same time. Yeah, he's communicated with me many, many times. Um, I know this this sounds crazy. My cat, uh, Mercedes, um, who I was with 16 years, she's communicated with me. But Timmy has not. I think I have to really go to someone good. And you really are challenged to find someone that knows what they're doing. Um, I, I hate to say that. Uh, the real thing that really can do the work, you know? So, um, I, you know, uh, do you agree with that? I do. I do agree with that. I think you have to find the right person whose energy melds with whoever you're trying to contact. You know what I mean? And I think it depends on who you're trying to contact. My mom and I have been very in contact about, since about 45 minutes after she passed. And she's really good about popping in and visiting all my friends that are gifted and leaving them messages yeah. and cheering them on. But that's just kind of who she was, you know. She also told me she has no intentions of ever coming back. I don't know that I don't believe at some point Spirit's not going to insist she come back. But for right now, they're mm-hmm. letting her stay where she is. So I think she's up there kind of uh, up there, right, up there, out there, um, kind of yeah. enjoying being vacation with people and helping other mediums and psychics with their work. Um, I think it just depends. I think I don't have a lot of relatives that have passed, so I don't have a lot. I have two friends that passed in 2018 from suicide. Oh, no. Um, one I get vague messages from sometimes. The other one I haven't heard a thing from. So maybe yeah. she visits someone you know what I mean? And, and I don't I don't go and look for people unless somebody is basically booking a session with me to go and look for someone. In my own life, I don't hunt down the dead because I don't really believe in it. You know, even my cat that passed in November, she was around for about a month and then sort of gave me the message like, "Hey, I'm I'm get I'm going to come back. So look for me in a year or so." 
So I think she's just busy getting all her stuff done and getting ready to come back down here. I don't, I don't take it personally. I think that they're supposed to do their stuff. They're not just supposed to be focused on us, right? They've got their own path to be on. Well, I know when Mercedes died, um, in my uh, laundry room, there's a shelf, and there was her carryall, you know, where I took her to the doctor and put her in the carryall, and it fell from the, um, the shelf by itself, and that's impossible because it was tightly up on the shelf. It had to be pushed down, and that was the message. And then a little toy that I had for her kept, it was like a little bird in the cage. It kept tweet, tweet, tweet. And I was like, Mercedes, you're in the room, you know. Uh, I would, have never sure. been so attached to an animal as I was to Mercedes. Because she was, an, I'm telling you, the best cat. She never scratched. She never bit. She, never, she was just wonderful, you know. And I was never attached to an animal like I was to her. And, of course, she died in my arms because she had kidney disease and I had to put her to sleep. But I cried over that cat like my heart was broken. I mean, I I cried for people that have passed, my own child, my grandson. But you never realize how attached that you get to an animal that it's like a heartbreaker. Oh, 100% it is. Yes, absolutely it is. It's one of the hardest things I think there is, is to be, um, because they love in such a pure way, and they allow you to love them in such a pure way. Yeah, and absolutely. And it's different than with a person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your take on what happens to you when you pass? Well, so as it's been explained to me, um, when you cross, you go to a place that I call home. And depending on depending on what kind of life you have lived depends on how long your evaluation period is there. Um, I find that some people die very suddenly. I find that, that sometimes they have a longer evaluation People who have not learned their life lessons, people who have uh, committed suicide, there needs to be like a little bit longer of an evaluation period. And sometimes even what I like to call celestial traffic school, there's sort of a, a, a nice way where you go and sort of, you know, reevaluate your life and then realize they try to help you not come back and do the same thing again and again. And then everybody has a job, a purpose, a thing that they do at home and then when it's your time to come back, uh, then you come back down, you do it all over again, because this is very much, Earth is very much uh, embodiment, wherever you are in the universe, is very much a, a teaching place. You go into bodies to learn lessons and to learn to grow and become more enlightened. And uh, eventually, when you evolve past the point of not needing to do that anymore, then either you don't come back anymore and you stay at home and help become part of that, or you come back just to be a teacher um, voluntarily, and then um, and then you I don't know. Then you become part of the everything. What is your take on it? You know, the more I know, the more I, I don't know. Um, I'm sort of um, very pragmatic about this whole thing. 
and I will admit that I don't know much. Um, I just feel that there's so many dimensions that we're not aware of, and I believe they go to another dimension, and it's energy, their energy. Um, yes. And if they want to make contact through someone, the energy, I mean, energy is a big thing to me because I've dealt with energetic beings for so long. And if they want to make contact, it's through energetic meaning. Like um, you can hear, you can see them with your mind's eye. Like I never wanted to see um, a ghost. My mentors saw ghosts. They saw apparitions. They saw people. And I never wanted that. I said, God, don't give me that gift. Don't be giving me that gift because I will be scared to death. I'm a scaredy cat that way. But I will hear what they have to say, and I will see it in their mind's eye what they look like. And um, when I do communicate with the people that have passed on, that's how I do my work. And I do automatic handwriting, too, because the energy comes through the, uh, the writing. But I don't really know what happens other than they're in an energetic form. They're with us, but they're in energetic form. I have no idea if we go to classes. People say this. They say that we pick our parents. I, I mean, that one really, uh, I'm bowled over by that because if I was going to pick parents, I don't think I would have picked the parents. <laughs> no, no way I would have picked someone else To tell you the truth um, So I don't know about that I'm sort of like on the fence I'm you know The the quizzical psychic You know I'm like mm, I don't know about that I don't know about that And then when people ask me I'm like I don't know <laughs> What do you mean you don't know I go I can't say for sure yeah, I can't say for sure. sure. So you're asking, you know, I, I was just curious about what you thought, but I'm like, I'm sense. I'm like, I know energy exists. I know for sure in my heart there's so many more dimensions that we're, we're unaware of, you know? Um, yes. But that's all I know. And if they care to come through on an energetic level and make contact, well, I'm I'm in for it, you know, come on. Come on over to my uh, energy field and talk to me and, you know, try to make contact. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I, I think none of us know for sure. But when I ask questions, those are the answers that I get. Uh, and we definitely are energy. We're not people. And the essence of who we are in this life really goes away. I mean, the essence of that energy hangs around. But our active soul is not going to be the same person every lifetime. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, the energy of Barbara Mackey, the energy of Sheena Metal stays, but our souls go on and become somebody else. And um, people are so attached to the idea of going and finding grandma and she's there and she still looks like grandma and she's baking cookies and she's got a bowl of pasta under her arm and it's, it's just not like that. There's people who, and, they, and is she upset? Is she crying? Is she mad at me? It's like, honey, she's happy as hell to be out of that body. Be energy. So there, I think sometimes humans get upset when they want to talk to their loved ones 
that they're not more upset about mundane human things because we get all bent out of shape about human things, right? And I think they're just yeah. so they're just so happy to be free. And sometimes I think living people get upset when they hear that their dead relatives are happy, but they don't care about who was in a fight with Aunt Gertrude and you know who stole ten dollars out of the cookie jar. They're all past that. Well, I've been in communication with some people that were really pissed that they have passed. They were like, um, I'm really aggravated sure. this happened. You know, I'm totally aggravated and I'm upset and I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. You know, I'd rather be on the earth plane. So you have different messages because a lot of them are not happy that it happened. Some are. They're in a better place because they suffered so much with their bodies being tormented. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you get all different kinds of messages, and they seem to be accurate. Thank God, you know. Um, I used to do this show on CNN, and it was live, and no one told me I was crazy. I was waiting for that call, you know, that live call, for someone to say, lady, you're nuts, you know. But thank God, and I was flying without a net. I was doing readings, and the messages were coming fast and furious. And I don't even question it. I'm like, okay, I got the message. Don't ask me, you know? Like, where do you think? I don't know. I keep saying to people, I, I, don't, I don't have no idea. And they look at me, and they're like, you have no idea? I go, no, I have no idea. Just do the work. I do the work, you know? So um, mm-hmm. anyway. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely, and absolutely true. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, – I think it's good that we don't know everything. We may know more than the average bear, but we're not supposed to know everything either because we're also human beings having our own experience and learning lessons, and we're not supposed to know everything, right? No, no, no. You know, I was given the last rites when I had my first baby. I was dying, and um, I was actually dying. The doctor told me, you know, I was in the hospital for a month, and I was in ICU, and I was in um, isolation. And um, he said, you know, you're very lucky. You, 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 you're living, and you almost died. I was so young. I was so stupid. I didn't know. And um, I didn't see the white light. I didn't see nothing. <laughs> and people said, did you see anything? Yeah. I go, no, I didn't see it. <laughs> I, I don't know right, from nothing. Right. Don't ask me. You know, I, I didn't see it. I didn't. See it. You know, and people do have these experiences. I don't. I don't denounce them and, and say they're not true. I, I believe they are true. That people that have had um, near, de- de- they've been dead and they've come back. You know, uh, it's amazing. I, I think it's amazing, and I don't doubt them. And when people tell me they saw a new UFO, I'm like, really? I believe you. Okay. I believe you. Uh, I've never seen yeah. one. I've always wanted to see one. You know, I look up in the sky and I say, maybe this will be the night that I'll see a UFO. Uh, and I never see one, you know. So, um, you know, I'm always waiting for things to happen. And I'm like, oh, well, you know. But I never discount anybody that that tells me these things. I'm like, Okay. I believe you. I believe you. Okay. Yeah, I had a near-death experience when I was almost 24, and uh, 
it changed me forever because once you've gone home and seen a little bit of that and you come back, it really is a um, a perspective changer. It really gets your priorities in order, and I think that's really special. Mm. What happened to you? I was on the freeway, and uh, somebody ran me off into the sound wall, and I hit the sound wall head on. And in reality, my car bounced off the sound wall, started spinning, but in my consciousness, I drove through the wall very effortlessly into a place that was just white. I mean, it wasn't like clouds and it wasn't like a tunnel. It was just white. And I looked over yeah. and there was this guy sitting next to me in my car and he had on um, kind of oatmeal colored pants and a shirt, long hair and a beard, dark hair. Sort of looked like, um, uh, you know, like somebody would be a yoga instructor like that. Right. And I said, right. and he just casually in the car, and I said to him, "What are you doing in my car?" And he very casually said, "I'm just here making sure that you get across okay." And then a voice wow. said, "It's completely up. Do you want to stay or do you want to go?" And I said, "Oh my God, I want to stay. There's so many things in the world I want to do." And instantly, I was sucked backwards, and I woke up and I was in the car, and it was spinning in a circle, blocking the exit lane. And then everybody kept running over. Somebody called an ambulance. Everybody's like, are you dead? And I just kind of stumbled out of the car. And I could walk. I was so shocked I was alive. I was so shocked I could walk. Because as I drove to that wall, I was like, okay, this is the end. So, um, but when I came back, everything became not about me and more about how I could influence other people. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. I love it. Yeah, it's great. So it, it changed me forever. It changed everything about me to the point where some of my friends and my boyfriend at the time were kind of like, who are you? And I lost a lot of people in my life because suddenly I went from being this very focused, very anal retentive, very tunnel visioned, linear actor to suddenly being like this, hey, how can I help people? What can we do to incorporate everyone? And I think I scared people a little bit in the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, that I found yeah. right for me, and inevitably it became a beautiful thing. So that's how, that's how life is, right? From the things you think are going to be the worst thing about your life, oftentimes come the things that are the best thing about your life. Well, that Which I, I think can attest really- to. I can attest to. When my boyfriend died, um, I I was so despondent. I just wanted to jump off a bridge. I was like, I have nothing to live for now. And um, yeah. <clears throat> then I said, why did this happen? And then I figured it out. He died in order for me to live. He died right. so I could right. go on and do this work because... I wouldn't have ever reached out to a psychic to do channeling for me. I wouldn't have ever known what I was capable of doing. And he was, he actually died in order for me to live. And uh, it it became very clear to me. I feel that way about my mom. Had she not died, I might never have started doing this work. And sometimes I feel sad that she's missing the best time in my life, that she's not here on the earth to enjoy it. But uh, I don't know that I would have ever done it if it hadn't been for her dying. So it's interesting how things like that happen, right? You are wonderful, my friend. Thank you for being here. 
let's do this again soon. Thanks. And where can people find you online? Oh, um, well, I live in New Jersey, and um, I have a website, Barbara Mackey, M-A-C-K-E-Y, dot com, and they can. Uh, my telephone number is seven three two five zero four seven four four six. But go to my website. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, there's a photo of everybody on there and my family and uh, newspaper articles and everything, my radio shows. And thanks for having me, Sheena. Absolutely my pleasure, sweetie. Let's do this again soon. Everybody who is listening, the wonderful Barbara Mackey, if you want more information about her or this show, uh, com. that's my website, com. Find me and uh, learn more about me as a spiritual being, as a psychic medium, as a minister, uh, as a media talk radio host, as everything that I do. Uh, we're here every Friday at 5 o'clock Pacific time, paranormal.com, iheartradio.com. Do these things for me until next week. Seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always raise your vibration, and remember that you are love and you are loved. I love you all, and I'll see you next week. Take care. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.